Good day to you, Sunshine Wilder fans. This is Sunny Reinitz, and today we're going to talk about the buzzworthy B word boundaries. <laughs> I feel like this word has been everywhere lately. And I've had a lot of people ask me about boundaries lately and how you establish a boundary, how you communicate it to someone, and there's often a lot of questions about the feelings surrounding boundaries. So we're going to talk about all of that today. First of all, I think it's important that we understand what a boundary is. A lot of people become very confused about what boundaries even are because of the way that they're portrayed in our society, in our culture. So a boundary, quite simply, is what differentiates me as an entity from you as an entity. So it's where I end and you begin. You can also think of it as um, what Brene Brown says, as your yeses and your noes, like what you're okay with doing and what you're not okay with doing, right? So here's an example. Let's say someone asks you to babysit their dog while they're out of town. And you get this feeling immediately inside. You're like, oh, no, I don't think I want to do that. But then your brain is like, well, you should be nice, blah, 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 blah. And that's basically your training, your brain's programming saying, I am supposed to try to meet other people's needs for whatever reason. And that's okay. You know, lots of different reasons why people have that program in their mind. First of all, you don't need to meet everyone else's needs. That's a whole nother problem, problematic program. But really, you should kind of sit with your feelings for a moment and make the decision. And if you decide you really don't want the responsibility of caring for your friend's pet while they're on vacation, that's what you need to communicate. And the way that we can do this kindly is we can say, hey, thank you for asking me. I'm so glad that you trust me enough to ask me to care for your pet. However, I'm going to have to decline. Now, you can either leave it at that or you can continue on to say, I'm going to have to decline because I am not comfortable taking on that much of a responsibility. Okay, so you can let the person know why even if you would like to. It's not a requirement. It's okay to just say, I don't want to do this thing without explaining away why or how or the what have you, right? So that's what a boundary is. That's how you set a boundary. So that's an example, right? Now, it's not always as easy as telling your friend no about babysitting their dog. Sometimes situations are more tricky, like when family members ask you to spend multiple holidays with them and you don't really want to, or you don't feel like it, or you were planning on doing your own holiday celebration. Or when you have someone who is used to being enabled in their behaviors come to you for validation in those behaviors. And you have to say, mm, I don't really want to be a part of that. So there are a whole lot of very tricky situations where boundaries can be very helpful for us. Now, hopefully you understand what a boundary is with the definition and the example that I gave you. Still, a lot of people ask me, well, how do I put down boundaries without being mean? Because I feel like I'm being mean. One, let's recognize that a lot of what you think of as being mean has actually been a conditioned response. So what I mean by that is there's likely someone or something in your childhood that because of either your need for safety or your need for affection or love or acceptance drove you to eventually creating this program in your mind or someone else put this program in your mind that in order for me to be safe or loved or seen or whatever it is, I need to make sure everyone around me feels good and feels okay. And I'm responsible for all of their feelings. So now you're saying, well, I feel like I'm being mean. That's another program that we have to get rid of, right? 
Because our feelings are our responsibility and our actions are our responsibility. But everything that happens outside of us is absolutely not our responsibility. Even when another person attempts to put that responsibility on us, we just need to reject that and say, no, I'm sorry. You deal with that. I'm good. (laughs) Right? So that's part of that's the that's part of your growth as a person to understand that there are old programs that you picked up from childhood that you have to disassemble in order to be successful in building a healthy relationship with yourself. Before you can have really healthy relationships with others, real ones, authentic ones, not fake ones where you're just trying to people please everyone, but real true connections, we have to be authentic, honest and open with ourselves where we're at and what programming that we have that we need to deconstruct. It's very important. So that's one of the the primary programs in a lot of people who feel like they're being mean when they're putting down a boundary. Uh, Some people are also um, conditioned to be enablers, and it's a very similar program. So enabling is not a good thing, even though a lot of the times the person we're enabling praises us for enabling them, because that's what they wanted. It is not necessarily a good thing. So if you have someone who is addicted to alcohol, and they really want alcohol, and they'll do anything to get alcohol, and you provide them with alcohol for whatever reason, maybe it, you know, creates a safe, safer environment where that person doesn't get mad or whatever, what, what have you. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that enabling giving the alcohol was good. It just means that that person that you enabled got what they wanted. And so you are again, trying to mitigate these person's emotions or feelings to protect your safety or or whatever it is that you're trying to protect. Uh, So a lot of people have the enabling program, they have the enabling program. And this enabling can be with drugs and alcohol, it can be with feelings, it can be with emotional support. There are so many ways in which we can uh, enable others, and that others do solicit enabling behaviors from us. So that's another thing that we need to be very cognizant of and to very much work on, because it is not our job to do any of that. The third thing that I would talk about in relation to boundaries is something that people like to refer to as being an empath. And I know that it's gotten this weird connotation in our culture, being an empath. Some people think it's like a superior thing. Other people think it's inferior and they make fun of people being crazy for being an empath. Um, I, the thing about the current situation with people who identify as empaths is I see that a lot of empaths make it their business to feel out everybody in the room or feel out a few people in the room. They really get their feelers extended out into places and they get some kind of satisfaction of being the person who feels out, finds somebody, identifies somebody with some emotions, helps that person to transmute those emotions, and then they feel a sense of accomplishment or um, validation and who they are as this empath identity. And the issue with being an empath is that a lot of the times these people who identify as empaths get lost in this cycle of empathic abilities has now become my identity. So they take this empathic identity and morph it into all that they do. And so you'll find a lot of empaths become kind of like doormat people where they were, they, excuse me, they will allow people to walk all over them. They won't put up boundaries because the whole thing about it is that they want to be able to transmute the feelings, work through the problems with the other person, and then be on the other side for this reward that they get for feeling like a good empath or a good person 
etc., etc. And that can be very problematic as well, because when you're being an empath, you're not really being empathetic towards yourself. In that scenario, you are only helping other people. And in the end, you may get a feeling of satisfaction for helping or what you consider helping. But at the end of the day, you're not really focused at all on you, your internal emotions, if this is comfortable for you, if the other person even wanted you to intervene and provide them with this transmutation or any of this um, help, you know, this help that you're giving them. So, you know, empaths out there, if you're going to do that kind of work, I would just suggest that you get very, one, very strong in your boundaries, but two, also become very aware of what you're doing and who you are and why, why you're doing it. So I think that now that we have those things clear, we can continue on about the boundaries themselves. Because again, those are a lot of the primary things, issues, programs in the brain that I see that kind of need to be challenged, dismantled or changed in order to really dig deep and connect with ourselves. Because really, we need to be in connection with ourselves and alignment with ourselves. And we need to be minding our own business. I always tell my kids that is this your business? Ask yourself, is this your business? And I don't mean it in a sarcastic or rude way. I mean, look at the situation, look at the feelings, look at the person, look at what's happening, look at what they're asking of you, or what they're saying or what they're doing, look at yourself and what you're doing in the situation. And then ask yourself, is this really mine? Is this my business? Are these my feelings? You know, really dig deep, because a lot of the times, we get into other people's energy and vibrations and in there we match their energy when we really shouldn't be doing that because we can't even see outside of the problem when we're inside of the problem and we become part of it you can't see the forest through the trees so to speak so once you start challenging those old programs you can definitely see more clearly and you'll feel better about putting down boundaries because boundaries at the end of the day are not mean. They're actually very loving. They're very loving for yourself because you're saying this is where I end. This is where you begin. And it's healthy for the other person for the same reason. You're showing them this is what I will do. This is what I will not do. And that's okay. You know, and we're both being honest. You're being honest to yourself. You're being honest to the other person in those boundaries. So no, when you're setting boundaries, you're not being mean. The other thing that I will say about that is most people don't realize a couple of things about boundaries when you're setting boundaries. The first one is, and I think people may notice this because this is the reason that we're all very reluctant to set boundaries. We just don't talk about it much. The first issue is that there is likely to be a reaction when you set you set a boundary, right? There's likely to be a reaction, however big or small, from the other person when you set a boundary. Okay? The one thing you need to remember about that is that you're not responsible for that reaction. So your part is putting down the boundary and saying, this is where I begin, this is where I end, this is where you begin, this is where you end, or this is what I'm okay with, this is what I'm not okay with, you know, take it or leave it, do what you will with it. So that's your piece of it. And you need to try to communicate it clearly, effectively, and kindly, just how you would any other thing that you're communicating to someone. But on the flip side, keep in mind that when they have the reaction, whether it be positive, negative, big, small, you are not responsible for that reaction, even if they say you're responsible for that reaction. So I grew up oftentimes being blamed 
for making someone feel a certain way. And I started to believe that. And as I believed that, I continued through my adult life trying to be the peacemaker, trying to be the person who goes with the flow and keeps things happy, right? You want to feel out somebody's needs before they even know that they need it. That is a trauma response. That is not a natural thing. That is something that has been cultivated through trauma in your past that you need to deconstruct. Okay? It is not our job. Now, it may have been necessary in our survival in the, in the beginning. I'm not saying that. In my case, there were abusive scenarios where if I didn't meet the needs and please to the people that were abusive, I could get threatened. I could get hurt. My safety was in danger. I was in danger, right? So I developed that skill of recognizing when people were experiencing emotions before they even knew and trying to fix it or please them or help them before it got out of hand. That's where enabling sometimes come from, which comes from, which is another coping mechanism that we use. However, as we enter into adulthood, these are no longer survival skills. They're actually hindering our ability to love ourselves and to be in relationship with ourselves and others. So we have to get rid of those things. So you have to recognize that you're not responsible for other people's reactions or emotions even if the other person attempts to manipulate you and say, well, you, you just made me mad. I can't believe you would say that. Or if they cry and say, well, you just made me sad. Just that just like totally wrecked me. They can have their own emotions about what you did or said in your boundary, but you are not responsible for addressing their emotions, carrying guilt for their emotions, carrying shame for their emotions. We don't want to be doing any of that. As soon as you put down your boundary, that's where your part ends. And you are allowed to then walk away. And that is 100% okay if that's what you need to do. So that is the first major thing that people need to recognize with putting down boundaries that there's likely to be a reaction, but you're not responsible for the reaction. Another thing that I would advise is to be mindful. Previous interactions dictate how you or the other person may feel at times. So when you first start putting down boundaries, you're becoming a new person in a way, especially to people on the outside who have not dealt with this. They have not seen you. This is the first time they're seeing you in this way. And so when you first put down a boundary, they're not used to it. And they're going to have some kind of response. They're going to say, oh, that's different. Or you've changed. Or I can't believe you would do this. You're, why are you being this way? Sometimes those responses do come up. And it's just because they're not used to you doing this. Now, you may have people in your life who you used to validate, who you used to enable, who you used to people please. And these people naturally are going to be rubbed the wrong way by boundaries because you're no longer giving them exactly what they've asked for all of these years. And so that dynamic is going to change. And sometimes it leads to a loss of friendships or relationships or very, at the very least, sometimes bumpy rides between people trying to get to know you now and what these boundaries mean for your relationship and what they mean for you. Again, all of this is not really your problem. Just recognizing that you're doing what's best for you by putting down the boundaries and putting down the boundary is the work that you need to be doing. The response of the other person is on them. That's their responsibility. However, it is something that you need to be aware of because it does happen and sometimes relationships do very well as the boundaries are rolling out and you have discussions 
and other relationships may not. There may be some turbulence. There may be some issues. And in a few instances, you may lose the relationships. But I will tell you, that is actually a blessing in disguise. Because if those relationships fall away, because you put down boundaries, or you asked for space for yourself, because it's what you needed to love yourself. If those people are leaving because of that, I don't feel that they ever really loved you or ever really wanted to be in relationship with you, like real honest relationship with you in the first place. Oftentimes they were just trying to get what they were trying to get in order to meet their own needs, which is not necessarily bad. It's what they know how to do. But you're just saying, I'm not going to be that for you anymore because I need to be there for me instead. So that's what you're saying with those boundaries. And then we need to keep in mind too. So I was saying that previous interactions can dictate how you or the other person may feel also. So I gave you a good example of that already. But another another thing is, is if if our parents for instance, are used to us responding a certain way and we, re- we respond a new way, they may question us again, like, why are you doing this? I'm your mother. I'm your father. <laughs> How, really? You're going to put down, you know, some kind of boundary with me now? Like, that's bullshit. And they may not be that outspoken, but <laughs> you may be able to tell that they're hurt or upset or they have feelings about it. And it's just going to take some time for everybody to get used to the new norm. And again, the relationships change. And they're going to at first base their opinions on what they think about you by what they've known you to be or do in the past. So don't be surprised if they say things like, oh, yeah, this is a phase, she'll get over it. Or oh, yeah, this is just a thing. She'll, she'll be back to doing that old shit in no time. Like, This is just that you have to remind yourself, this is how people used to see you. This is their perception of who you are because of your actions of the past or because it's just a story that they've made up about you in their mind about who you are. And as time goes on, hopefully they'll start to recognize, oh, this is really what she's doing or he's doing and this is how it's going to be. So... Again, all of that, I'm just making you aware of so that you can anticipate it and not, and not feel totally off guard when someone has a reaction. Again, none of their reaction, nothing of what they say or think about you is your responsibility. That's all on them. So you just have to be okay with the fact that you're putting down your boundary and you're doing it for you. And that's the end of the story. And you need to tell yourself that every day. This is how I love myself. Boundaries are how I love myself. That's your affirmation. Boundaries are how I love myself today. Boundaries are how I love myself today. Okay. Another thing to remember when we're discussing boundaries is that you can respond with compassion instead of lingering into any hurt part of your ego. You can recognize your emotions and your response, but you can also say something to the effect of, I see how this could be hard for someone. I just trust this is what they need and you can move on. So we can also do this with ourselves, right? If we are lingering in hurt feelings in our ego about something, We can look at that with compassion and we can say, yeah, okay, I'm having some hurt feelings right now. I'm having some hurt part of my ego because someone said something to me that I didn't like that hurt my feelings. But we can be compassionate and we can say like, I understand that this is hard for you. Excuse me, hard for you, like ego, you know, (laughs) but we can move forward from this because sitting in this space is only going to perpetuate more of what we don't want. Okay. The next thing that I would say that's really important is that you have to put the boundary down as consistently as you can. Consistency is key. 
Because in these scenarios, there are people in your life who are going to attempt to cross the boundaries. And they may attempt to do it every time. They may attempt to do it 70% of the time. They may attempt to do it 2% of the time. We don't know, but it's kind of human nature to be inquisitive. And sometimes we get to the point where we're pushing someone's boundary and they have to repeat it for us to be like, oh, I get it now. That person doesn't want that. I'm going to back away and not continue there. So putting the boundary down is always your responsibility and consistency is key with that. Always putting down the boundary, always saying, I'm going to do this because I love myself, because this is what I need for myself. This is what our part is. Consistency is key. And one important thing that I like to say to myself is that I don't put myself in spaces or positions to be dishonoring the bond of trust with myself. And that is something that I have heard, I believe, from Miriam Hasna. So that's something that we need to be really cognizant of, is that you're not going to put yourself in spaces or positions that will cause you to dishonor the bond of trust you have with yourself or the bond of love that you have with yourself. Because when we cave to the pressure of meeting people's needs while forsaking our own, we are pushing ourselves further from ourselves and harming ourselves. And I know that I've quoted that before on this podcast, but I thought that when I said that the first time, it was so powerful. And it really is. Because um, we start to distrust ourselves. Uh, we, When we don't trust ourselves, we can't do anything else. It's impossible for us to love ourselves, to to be there for ourselves because we don't know if we're going to show up for ourselves because we can't trust that we will whenever we are not honest with ourselves and we're not showing up and we're not being consistent. So we need to be remembering that we need to love ourselves and meet our needs and when we're doing this with boundaries, that's exactly what we're doing. I also think that we need to normalize acceptance of people's limits and of what people can tolerate. I think it's very important to say, it's okay that I can't handle this right now. It's okay that my friend can't handle this right now. It's okay that I'm saying no to things because I feel like I already have enough on my plate, right? And remembering that people are doing the best they can. That also was something that I learned through reading a lot of what Brene Brown has said in her books. It's like, if I believe that people are doing the best that they can, that brings out the best in me. Because I feel like it's a unifying notion that sometimes, even though other people's best may not hold up to some kind of you know, egoic standard of what I think is best, I need to recognize that we are all human beings. We're all here doing the best we can do. Nobody wants to be in suffering. It's just that sometimes they don't know how not to be. And so people are doing the best they can. And that unifies us in knowing that we are one and we are in this together and that's what we're doing right now. And so sometimes it's okay for me to say, I can't handle any more today. I can't handle any more this week. I can't handle any more. <laughs> and to say no to things. Because if you say no to things and you're worried about disappointing others, that's a real concern for a lot of people. But you also have to recognize it goes back to those programs where we feel like for some reason we need or we really desperately want to meet other people's needs. And in those instances, oftentimes we are not concerned about ourselves. We're putting ourselves on the back burner in order to see that everyone else's needs are met before our own. And that's how we forsake ourselves. So we don't want to be doing that. More of what goes along with incorporating healthy boundaries is healthy communication. 
And I know that that seems very obvious and intuitive, but a lot of us don't know how to communicate in a way that's healthy or clear or concise. So I could go on about communication for quite some time, but the most important things to know is that you need to be clear and concise and you need to use what practitioners call I statements. So when communicating, you don't want to say you. You do this, you do that. It comes off as being very blaming, first of all, but also it takes away your accountability in the situation of communication and in the relationship. And some personalities like that because they don't always want to be held accountable because accountability can be scary. But the flip side of that is it also takes away your ability to do anything about it. So if you're always pointing fingers and going, you, 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 there is no opportunity for you to address yourself at all, your needs at all, your feelings at all, or any of your issues with it at all. If it's always the other person's fault, you know, there's nothing that you're going to be doing that can actually help you. So when we are communicating we want to be clear, concise, and use I statements. And of course, we want to do it kindly. You don't want to do it to the point of, you know, niceness where you're bending the truth because you want to be the peacemaker or you want to come off as nice. Clear and concise is kind. And that's something else that I've also learned from Brene Brown. Being clear and concise is kind. It's being direct so that other people know how you want to be treated. So you're giving your power away when you say you, 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 you. That's also important to understand. Instead of saying something along the lines of you make me feel angry when you don't acknowledge me. You know, if that's the issue, you make me feel mad when you don't acknowledge me. You don't say hi to me when you walk in the door. Okay, let's say that's the problem. Somebody says you, you, you. Instead of saying that, even if your ego is pushing you to say it's their fault, blame them, blame them. Um, don't do that. Think about that statement. You make me feel angry when you don't acknowledge me. And before you say that, Think about it in your mind. How can I make this an I statement? And I'll show you. So instead of saying, you make me feel angry when you don't acknowledge me, say something to the effect of, I feel sad when I feel that I'm not being heard. Because that will invite the other person to question, wow, I wonder why this person feels sad when they feel like they're not being heard. Am I doing something to contribute to that? It's more of a way to communicate without blame. And it's a way to turn the statement around to where you are being honest and clear and concise about how you feel, but it's also taking the accountability and taking your ability to do something about it back when saying, I feel sad, when I feel that I'm not being heard. And there can be a conversation around that statement. Whereas if someone hears, you make me feel angry when you don't acknowledge me, that's going to send that person not into an inquisitive mode like the I statement would, but it's going to set them into a shutdown mode or a defense mode or something that's going to keep their ego from wanting to work out the issue and it's going to go into more of a defensive mechanism and a protective mechanism. And when people are in those states, you cannot have any kind of conflict resolution. So you want to utilize I statements whenever you're trying to get something of great importance about how you feel across to another party. Sometimes what's even better than an I statement and I've learned this again from people like Brene Brown and Miriam Hasna, where instead of focusing on other people's actions, you can say something to the effect of, 
The story I tell myself when you don't acknowledge me is that I am not worth enough to be acknowledged. So if you break that down, it's talking about not how I feel only. It's talking about how the brain goes through this process of when my husband or my partner walks in and they do not say hello to me, they do not acknowledge me and they go on about their business, our ego, our mind, our everything about that, we feel like we have to have a response to. And immediately the brain, the narrative part of the brain starts trying to create a story around why would my partner walk in the house and not acknowledge me? And this, this sounds very egocentric because it is, but that's how the mind works, right? The mind is all about, well, what about me, 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 me? So when something happens like that, the brain wants to figure out why is it not about me, 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 me? And so the brain immediately kicks into a narrative mode about what all the reasons could be that our partner did not acknowledge us. Do they not like us anymore? Did they have a bad day? Did I do something wrong? Did I upset them? What, you know, what could I have done? Why is he being an asshole? Why is this person doing this? We just start doing reeling with all of these questions a lot of the time, especially people who have had childhood traumas because we're used to trying to figure out, okay, what does this person need? What did I do? How can I fix it? How can I maintain the peace so that my safety is not threatened? And again, that's not everybody, but in my case, that is, that is the case in a lot of people's, you know, situations, that is the case. And even when we're safe and we're out of that trauma, because I have been out of it for several years now, our brain sometimes still goes down that path. And even people who don't have lingering childhood trauma issues, the brain is still wired to constantly create narratives around our existence because, hello, we're existing here. And the brain is not always occupied with things to do. So when a situation arises, the brain says, okay, here's something, let's make a story up about it. And that's what's so interesting because the brain narrates and is such a narrative creating machine a lot of the times the narratives are negative so the story we're telling ourselves quite literally is i'm not worth it he must hate me um my partner must be bored of me. Uh, my partner is being an asshole. My partner, you know, it's always about what they're doing or what they didn't do. And it's important to acknowledge that that story, that narrative is being perpetuated by the brain as the brain is just bored and trying to figure out what it can do to occupy its time. And so when we recognize that that story is just a story, it's just a set of steps the brain goes through when we encounter situations in life, it's so much easier to not identify with the story. So there is that. That's the first important piece is don't identify with the story. Don't get all up in your feelings, as they say, about it, right? You can be inquisitive, but you can also just ask your partner. Or, again, if you do get really hurt by something like this, you can say, well, the story I'm telling myself when you don't say hi to me when you walk in is that I am not worth enough to be acknowledged or you had a bad day or I am doing something wrong, something along those lines that so that the other person can understand because they're not in our mind, right? Remember, they do not know what the narrative in our mind is. Their narrative is something completely different. Their narrative is maybe I had to pee, so I rushed to the bathroom so I could pee and then I was going to say hello. We don't know what the narrative is in their brain either. And so instead of trying to play the guessing game of what's the narrative, what's the story in your mind, you can be forthright and clear and concise and just say, you know, the story I tell myself when you don't acknowledge me is that I am not worth enough to be acknowledged. 
And I'm sure that the partner will have empathy, typically, and say something like, oh, wow, I didn't know that's how you felt. That's not what I was thinking at all. Of course, you're worth saying hi to. I just had to go to the bathroom very badly and had to have a physical need met (laughs) and then came back and I was planning on saying hello, but I apologize for not even waving or acknowledging you just briefly and then going or whatever the situation may be. So it's wonderful to utilize those I statements and also utilize the the story I tell myself when because we do need to acknowledge that these narratives our narratives in our minds that they are just created by a brain that wants to be busy and that they can't possibly be guessed by other people because the narrative has millions of different directions it could be going in and we also don't want to identify with those narratives we don't want to get stuck in that because the the narratives the stories we tell ourselves are not the truth they're not always the truth occasionally they can be but a lot of the times they are not always the truth about what is in our existence another key factor in placing boundaries is to remember not to get stuck in the past Stay in the present moment. Don't try to anticipate someone's reaction or behaviors on what you think they will do or might do in response to what they've done in the past. Reacting in the moment allows us to give that person an opportunity without being biased toward their reaction. If we react out of the moment, we're already living in feelings from the past. And if we're already living in feelings from the past, we're already setting ourselves up for failure no matter what the response is. So for example, if I am living from feelings in the past and I say something to myself to the effect of, well, I know how this person is going to respond because they always respond this way or they frequently respond this way or the last couple of times they've responded this way. I just know this isn't going to go well. It's going to be bad. We're already setting ourselves up for a self-fulfilling prophecy of this thing, this moment in time being bad. And so we might deliver it too harshly, or we might not be clear and concise because we're so consumed by what might happen. We're not focusing on ourselves and we're not focusing on our task. It also makes our reactions to ourselves and others more intense. So it's even harder to stay in a space of non-judgment and in a space of being open and willing to discuss Because we're already so wrapped up in the feelings from the past about this person and how they've reacted before. Another question we can ask ourselves is, how do we care for ourselves when other people don't meet our needs or don't change or, you know, yada, 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 which the goal is not to change others. That's something that's very important to recognize The goal is to adapt ourselves, right? Boundaries are what we allow to happen to ourselves. So when you think of boundaries in that way, when we say, well, boundaries are also what we allow to happen to ourselves, we dictate through boundaries or a lack thereof how we want to be treated. And so we can't change the way that other people behave, but we sure can change how other people treat us or what we allow to take from others. So with boundaries, we need to teach people how to treat us and how to love us. If we are constantly having no boundaries or we have a lack of boundaries, We're sending out a message that sounds like I can be taken advantage of because I don't have clear boundaries. I don't have any clear no's. I don't have any clear this is me and that's you. So we can become enmeshed and we can 
get into a state of dysfunction or disharmony because I am sending out this message that I can be taken advantage of. You can do whatever you want around me because I have no clear boundaries. I have no no. I have no place where I begin and you end. Or place where I begin and I end and a place where you begin. And so when we're sending out that message, that's problematic. And that message is the, one of the only things that we do have control over. So if we start putting down boundaries consistently and we're clear and concise in our communication, this lets other people know how we want to be treated, what we will tolerate and what we won't. And it sets a clear space between you and the other person. And that's so important when you're putting down boundaries and you're doing this work. Because you want to be sending out a message of, I am me, this is where I begin, and this is where I end and you begin. You really need to be sending out that message. And that's the one of the only things you have control of is how you respond, you behave, your actions and your boundaries in the way that you are walking and interacting with the world around you. Another important thing to do is remove judgment when delivering boundaries from the other person, but also from yourself. So the other person may have a strong reaction, but keep in mind, it doesn't really make them a bad person, right? So even if they have a big negative reaction, that's not your responsibility, but also don't create this narrative in your mind about, wow, they're a bad person or like, wow, that really pissed them off and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. There is no need for judgment and judgment actually, again, can hinder us in the future. If we start making judgments and labeling a person in a certain way, it prevents us from clear communication in the future and any kind of conflict resolution or relationship progress. So remind yourself that they're just having feelings about the boundary or about the situation, which are not your business. And those feelings that they're having need to be resolved within themselves. And they really have nothing to do with you. That person just doesn't like the boundary. It really doesn't have to do with you. Similarly, we need to remove judgments from ourselves. So instead of thinking, oh, I should be able to do this, or I should be able to do that, or I should tolerate this, or I should tolerate that. You should not have judgments about that. There is benefit to expanding our window of tolerance and to becoming more flexible, to create more diverse plasticity in our minds and our relationships and things. That's a different subject though, and I don't have time to cover it. However, I will say that not judging yourself when putting down boundaries is very important. And you shouldn't be down on yourself for thinking that you should be able to do a certain thing or you, 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 you should be able to tolerate more. That's, again, only going to hinder your ability to create relationship with yourself and create trust within yourself. So the easiest thing to do when you catch yourself in judgment is to just let go. Just let go of that. And say, oh, there I go again. That's my ego trying to create something out of nothing and just letting it go. Know what you need. Stay true to yourself. State the boundary consistently and go on about your life. The last thing I want to hit on briefly before I end the podcast episode is one question that you can ask yourself. And it's one question that's very important to ask every day. And it's a guiding question that will help you throughout your journey. Ask yourself, am I in alignment with my true self? And really think about that. Meditate on that. Sit with that in the quiet. Am I in alignment with my true self? Because I think a lot of our discontent 
in our discord comes from not being in alignment with our true selves. And then when we're acting out of a place that's not our true self, we're acting out of a place of need or wound, like an abandonment wound or a need for validation. We still feel bad because we are not in alignment with our true selves. We're not digging deep to see what we can change. We're not listening. We're not deeply listening to what we need. And you will know a boundary has been crossed because it doesn't feel good. You will know when you would have needed to put up a boundary and you didn't or the boundary was put up and was crossed because it will feel bad. It will feel like a violation. It will feel like... It will feel like somebody has pushed you in a way. It's not their fault. Again, it's your responsibility to put up those boundaries. But you will know. And that's a good time to reflect and say, "Mm, I know I should have done that, but I'll do better next time. You don't need to dwell on the fact that you should have done something differently. You can look at that opportunity. Well, you can look at that as an opportunity. You can say, I see that this makes me feel bad. I see that this person crossed my boundary and I didn't uphold it in the moment. I'm still learning and that was a really good learning opportunity because now I know what that feels like and I know that in the future I will put up my boundary again. So always keep going back to that and ask, am I in alignment with my true self? And you can do that with boundaries. You can do that with your feelings, the way that you move in the world, you can ask yourself, am I in alignment with my true self about almost anything? And if you really sit with it, and you really sit with yourself and listen, you will always get answers. And that's all you need. All you need on this journey is you. That's it. So thank you for sitting with me today, Sunshine Wilder fans, on our podcast about boundaries. I hope it was helpful for you. And if you have any questions, feel free to message me and we might do a boundaries round two, depending on how you all felt about it and if there are any lingering questions. So I'm so glad that you joined me today and I'll see you again here in a week or so for the next episode of Sunshine Wilder. Mm -hmm.